See 
and he hasn't stopped. And he's saying, you know, I'm graduating you. Sometimes he just takes us by the hands and he doesn't ask us any questions anymore because we've given him too many excuses. We've repeated what the world says about our situation. We've repeated to the Lord what the world says about our situation. And he says different. You stepped into my Egypt. You took me by the hand as you marched me out in freedom into the promised land. Now I will not forget you, God. I'll sing of all you've done. Death is swallowed up forever by the fury of your love. Come on, sing it out. Cause you stepped into my you took me by the hand and you marched me out in freedom into the promised land now i will not forget you god i'll sing of all you've done death is swallowed up forever by the fury of your love you're the god who for me, Lord of every victory, hallelujah, hallelujah, you have torn apart the sea, you have led me through the deep, hallelujah, hallelujah, you're the God who fights for me, Lord of Spirit of 
You're a fire, the refiner. I wanna be consumed. You're a fire, the refiner. I wanna be consumed. You're a fire, the refiner. I wanna be consumed. I wanna be tried. That's a prayer. That's a prayer of consecration. That's a prayer of saying, Lord, take my life. You know, you can be seated. The, the Old Testament, the sacrifices that were given on the altar, they were, they were to be consumed by fire. They were to be completely surrendered unto the Lord. And that's really what the Lord's asking for us. He's, a, he's not asking for part of you, you know. It's not a partial redemption. It's a full redemption. It's everything. Everything you have, all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, all of your strength, all of those things the Lord's requiring from us. So let's just pray. Father, right now we come to you in the name that is above every name. And Lord, we ask that you go into every area of our lives. God, go into those areas of our lives we're aware of and those areas of our lives we're, we're oblivious to, that we don't even know what's there, but you do. And Lord, I pray that the fire of God would burn through us. I pray there'd be a purification process. Father, just like the wildfires that we're all familiar with in California, that God, they, they get through and they're not selective on what they consume. Anything in their path is burned up. And Lord, we ask that anything in our lives that is, is not right with you, that is not in, in position of submission to you, Lord, that you would consume that. God, deal with our pride. Deal with our, our self-sufficiency, Lord. Deal with our ability not to, to surrender to you, Lord. And we, we, we submit all of these things to you, Father. And may your Holy Spirit just burn through us, Lord. Lord, let us not be fearful. Let us not be intimidated about getting close to you. Let us not be shy about declaring the goodness of our God in the land of the living. Help us, God, to be bold in our, our statements of who you are and what you're doing in our lives. Help us, Father, to stand firm when the tide is going so far against you and against us. Let us be men and women of faith that have a spiritual backbone that will not bow to the idols of this land. Father, help us to be strong men and women of faith. Help us to be people that others look to for, for solace and comfort and direction and guidance because we surrender to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Lord, let us get our marching orders from you, Father, that God, nothing that, that comes in our way will intimidate us because we know that if God be for us, who can be against us? Father, we come before you in that name that is above every name, the name that every knee the knee of the arrogant, the knee of the proud, the knee of the self-sufficient, the knee of the, the people that don't think they need God, that those knees will bow. And Father, we surrender ourselves to you. And I pray, Father, if there's any areas in our lives that are just pigeonholed away, Lord, we give you permission right now. 
ferret out those areas in our lives, God. Don't allow those things, the, the, the small foxes, to ruin the vineyard, as Scripture says. But, Lord, ferret those things out so that we can be pure and stand before you with a clean conscience, with a clean heart, with clean hands, with clean mouth, with clean minds, O oh God so that you will be glorified in us. Purify us, God, we pray. Purify us, God, we pray. Let's sing that song as a song of dedication of what we just cried out to the Lord to do in our lives. I want to be tried by fire. Purified. You take whatever you That was us surrendering to the Lordship of Christ. And you know, you know what is so cool about the Lord? The Lord hears those prayers. You know that? How do I know that? Because I remember praying a prayer before I was even a believer. I remember I was in college. I took human physiology and anatomy for my second time. First time I didn't do well. I had to take the class a second time because I failed it. And I remember sitting in the exam for the final exam for the class, and I, I was I was a reprobate. I was as far from the Lord as you could imagine. But I, I said this prayer. I said, God, if you're up there and you help me pass this test, I'll give my life to you. Deal. <laughs> I got a C and I passed the class. Right? But you know what the Lord says? Okay, baby, Annie up. <laughs> I'm collected now. And that's what the Lord's doing for us. When you make those prayers to Him, you may forget them, but He doesn't. And the Lord wants to draw us into a deeper intimacy with Him. You know, God is so good at that. God's desire is to draw us, pull us close, because His plans and purposes for us are, to, to, are better than we can imagine for ourselves. You know, in the Gospel of John, He talks about sending the Holy Spirit. And, and what is the role of the Holy Spirit in our life? To lead us and guide us into all truth. Truth about God, truth about self, truth about the world we live in, truth about all of our relationships, truth about our thought life, truth about every single thing we do. He leads us and guides us into all truth. You know, this, this is interesting because <clears throat> we had this, uh, this weekend, we had, or this weekend, it seems like this weekend, this week, Thursday and Friday, we had... Uh, a Holy Spirit retreat here and it was beautiful it was really exciting what God did you know and it was it was it was interesting because this morning or I guess it was about six o'clock this morning 630 this morning I looked on the, the Crossroads uh, Facebook page and we had 120 views of our Holy Spirit post which I thought was interesting because there's how many in the upper room 120 and I thought, that's interesting. I don't know if the numbers have changed. If you go now, it'll probably change. But uh, I thought that was really interesting. And you know what's really cool? We had, it was so beautiful because what is the function of the Holy Spirit? 
The function of the Holy Spirit in our world today is to bring unity between people. So we had the nations represented here. You know that? We had, there was 13 people. We had Chinese and Indian. And I, 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 Reba was here praying with some, a gal that was a Chinese background. And I leaned over to Lynn and I said, isn't this great? China and India have been having a dispute for borders for years. And here you have a brothers or two sisters, one, two Chinese sisters and one Indian praying together and leading the person into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, we had, we had Hawaiian, we had Japanese, we had Latino, we had El Salvadorian, we had uh, Cherokee, we had Puerto Rican, a Jew, and one token Anglo. We had one token white boy that, to, to, you know. And I thought to myself, isn't that the kingdom of God? That the, 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 the lines of, of, of color, the lines of race, the lines of ethnicity are blended together in the Lord. You know why? Because the Lord loves diversity. And the beautiful thing, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the baptism of love. When you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God will cause you to love people that you in the flesh don't love. You know that? Because there's a spirit of unity that comes together. There's a spirit of cohesion that, that God draws people together. There's something about the Holy Spirit that draws people to Him. And when we are full of the Spirit, the Spirit of God that dwells in us will do the same thing. People will be drawn to you. They don't understand why. But there's something different about you than the people around them. You could be from the same family line, and one person could be full of the Spirit, one person couldn't, and there's something that draws them to the person that's full of the Spirit. You know that? So I'm going to share some testimonies. Danielle, if you can get those ready, we're going to play. There's uh, four videos we want, want you to watch. This is just the testimony of what our God did and what He wants to do. Play those. Hello, sorry, we are still at the Holy Spirit Baptism Retreat, and here is Julia and Rayma. Hi, I'm Julia. Um, I think I, uh, the Lord uh, bring me here, you know, when uh, usually I will only go to event that is Friday and Saturday, but somehow this month, I, when I put on my calendar, I had the day missed. So when I realized, but because I promised, Already, I will come too. So I think I'm meant to be here, and um, I'm very uh, thankful that I'm here. And um, it bring me. I oh I you know. God has been good to me and my family, and He never failed. Mm -hmm. You know, for all all our my needs always come on you know in time, mm -hmm. and this. Baptism with the Holy Spirit really bring me another level of closeness uh, with God, mm -hmm. and um, uh, you know, not just being like you know uh, praying, but also uh, another way of uh, being more intimate with God mm. and seeing um, what. I can do more mm. and what I should do more mm. and um, with his blessing mm. and, and the, the confidence that I'm, I will have and 
And I'm also very, uh, um, I don't know the, the word to say, uh, but the, you know, the prophetic over me mm-hmm. is uh, what I need to hear now. Amen. And, and I think, uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm really thankful. Amen, amen. Rayma? It's such a blessing and I'm so thankful that Lucia brought Julie over here to the church because um, it was quite significant when you look around every tribe and every tongue yes. getting together under one roof and yes. it was just mind-blowing and um, to see Julia just light up with his fire mm-hmm. and be baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues right away. I mean, the anticipation of it was just delivery straight through Amen. and the fire was so much so that she started prophesying over me and I was like moved into tears <laughs> and bawling my eyes out and that's just the wonderful ways in which the Lord has worked and I'm so glad that you know another sister has been joined in the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. That's good. Let's play the second one. Hello, Phil to the brim again, and sorry, we are still at our baptism, Holy Spirit baptism retreat, and I have Sam and Pastor Nick. They're going to share. <laughs> Just share. What did God do in your life? Um, God, I've I've um, gained a lot more faith and. My, like I, I'm very like I was very uncertain about like my future and stuff like that and um, just being filled with the Holy Spirit and okay. um, the fire yeah. um, it's really given me a ton more faith to just follow Jesus amen amen pastor Nick uh, we got time to really just pour into each other's lives and mm-hmm. prophesy over each other and uh, this guy brought me to tears, uh, validated <laughs> what God's been saying to me, and a very intimate time. Uh, the Spirit just provided intimacy within our group. Yes. Amen. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> hey, Phil to the Bram. It is Saturday, April 9th, and we just had our Holy Spirit Retreat, and I have two people here that want to share what God did in their lives. Come on, this is Luke and Christine. Go ahead, Luke. <laughs> what did God do in your life, Luke? Um, I think, well, this week. Yeah, weekend, just. He definitely brought me to a new place I never really thought I would get to. Amen. A lot later in my life. Amen. Amen. Um, a lot of things I didn't really like believe could happen. I thought it was sort of just like something you put on to like get people to come. Mm. And um, it was actually kind of nerve-wracking when it happens to you, because <laughs> like you just feel like like just really heavy and like you feel really hot and and it's kind of like it makes you feel like a little scared for a second, but then like you just feel like. Like a feeling you've never felt before. Amen. Amen. Do you have your supernatural prayer language? Yeah. I mean, I can hear myself, but yeah. <laughs> Started. He, he, got, he got his language and he prophesied. It was so good. And for me, just to be around 
fire again and see what it does for um, people growing in their faith and increasing. And there's always more. So for me, there's just always more Mm. greater levels of boldness, greater levels of fearlessness, greater measures of his presence and um, just going for it. So, yeah, that's what we got. Amen. Amen. Okay. Hello again. We are, sorry, we are still at the Spirit Baptist. This is Lauren and Sandy. Um, this weekend, God helped release a new boldness in me, and he gave me um, less of an anxious spirit. He helped me start doing things that I was nervous to do before, like prophesying and letting myself go for him. Amen. Um, for me, it was awesome seeing Lauren just prophesy and having her encounter with the Holy Spirit and just being in a room together with believers filled with the Spirit and worshiping the Lord, just seeking His presence. Amen. Isn't it exciting? You know, it was really cool because one of the things that the Spirit of God wants to do is go from generation to generation. You know, the thing about faith is it's not, it doesn't, you can't, Uh, bequeath faith to someone you know like you know my wife's shoe collection she can't she can give that to someone else but no one wants them but your faith has to be individualized and that's what's so beautiful about the Holy Spirit because uh, you know when we did this we did this first conference we did two years ago we had no clue how to do it we just did it and it was different that one was different from this one as a matter of fact when someone asks, well, what do you do? We don't know. We just, we're just coming together and letting see what the Spirit of God wants you to do. And so we planned to be here till really late on Friday, but Thursday night, everyone was filled with the Spirit. It was a matter of like 15 minutes, and every single person was filled with the Spirit. And it was beautiful because they not only were filled with the Spirit, but they actually started functioning in their prophetic gifts in their life. And it was so cool seeing Sam prophesying over Pastor Nick. And he's over here in the corner, and he started speaking into his life. And Pastor Nick is, you know, he's standing over him. He's all of a sudden, his tears running down his face. And it was so beautiful to see the gifts of God in operation, both the young and the old. And the beautiful thing that was was really exciting, and since the parents of the, the youngins are here, it was really beautiful because Lauren's not here, but don't, don't look to her. She, she was over here, and she was, like, really timid, you know how Lauren is. And, and the Lord just, I went over and I was praying for her and Pastor Sandy was with her. And I'm like, sweetie, just, what do you feel? And she goes, I feel warm all over. It was so beautiful. <laughs> and I said, well, what do you feel? What do you, did you feel anything? And she goes, I feel like there's something stuck right here in my throat. And I said, sweetie, can I touch your neck? And I put my hands on her neck. And I said, I want you to raise your hands. And she went, just fell under the power of God. She was laying on the floor. And I thought this. Your grandfather poured this foundation. Your grandfather is part of the crowd of witnesses that is watching you function in the gifts of the Spirit that were passed down from the apostles to the church to you and I today. And Luke and Sam, the same thing. I thought of I thought of your dad praying for them. I remember sitting in my office talking to your dad one day and him praying over the kids and saying, I want my grandkids to experience everything God has. And I tell you, that's what we're about. We're about passing on not 
tangible things, but intangible things that are eternal, that will transform the lives of men and women and transform the lives of young men and young women and old men and old women, that they'll walk in the power and the anointing that God has for them. Isn't that what you want? Father, we thank you for the grace of God upon us as a church. We thank you that your spirit is alive and well and living in Morgan Hill. We thank you that the anointing of your spirit is just as real today as it was when it raised Jesus from the dead. And Lord, we thank you that you empower your sons and daughters to do great things for your kingdom. In his name we ask. Amen. Amen. I encourage you. You know, it's great to see what God does, you know. There is not, I, I've been to all over the world. I've been to beautiful museums. I've been to incredible tourist places. And the, the best excitement I have ever seen is when someone receives the Lord and when someone is full of the Spirit and starts operating in their gifts. So I just want to continue. We're gonna, I am a pyromaniac. You know, I am a spiritual pyromaniac. I love fire. You know, last night we had a. Pastor Lynn was upstairs, you know, I love the way she comes in those videos, by the way. That's that's what I live with, just so you know. Uh, and she was upstairs doing something, and I, I started a fire in the fireplace, and I just sat on the couch with all the lights out in the house with a fire burning. And I said this, I said, Lord, let the same fire in that fireplace be the fire of the Holy Spirit in me. And I had a huge raging fireplace. I, I know you don't need it, but I like it. There's something about fire, you know. Right, Michael? <laughs> Quit picking on PG&E, all right? Hey, we're glad you're here this morning. I, I want to encourage you that we have uh, lots of things going on. You're all regulars here, so we can skip through some of the things. But I want to tell you, those of you or if you know anyone that has not been water baptized, we're going to do a COVID-modified water baptism on Pentecost Sunday, which is May 23rd. So what we're going to do is we'll do it between the two services. We'll do it out in the parking lot. And uh, we believe in baptism by immersion. So what we're going to do, we're going to have the, the baptismal tank completely filled with water. And we're going to pour buckets of water over people because we can't get you in the same baptismal tank as everyone else. So if you know anyone that has not been water baptized, or if you yourself want to be water baptized, let me know. We're going to have It's going to be a celebratory service. We'll have a shorter 8, 8, 8.30 service. We'll be done by 10 o'clock. And we're going to meet out here and we're going to rejoice in what God has done. Amen? Uh, those of you, if any of you want to go to Israel with us, we're going to go in June of next year. You can uh, talk to me about that. Uh, missionaries of the Week, we, we have a bunch of things going on. Uh, I talked a couple weeks about, uh, ago about us being global, okay, global and local. That's kind of who we are right now. Our church is moving in that direction. And we want to pray for uh, Jacob and Tatum Green and their, their little baby. They're in Atlanta. They're working with YWAM, Youth with a Mission. And they're doing a great work globally. They travel all over the world training people. And actually, Jacob is part of from this house. Jacob attended here as, when he was younger. And then the, if you go to the next slide, look at this. This is Pastor uh, 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 Prakesh and Nania Sharma's house that we're building for them in Nepal. Isn't that exciting? We're building a house so that a pastor can have a house. And you say, well, why are we building a house for pastor? Well, because unlike pastors here, they, they totally live by faith. They were living in a small rental that they got booted out of. And the Lord spoke to us to help them to build a house. And how much is it costing? $4,250 we built that house for them. Paid for, paid in full, and it's done. And we'll give you pictures of that. Speaking of DePaul, this is exciting. 
go to the next slide. This is Pastor Karen. She's over on the left-hand side in the red Charwa uh, uh, Kameez. Uh, she is, this is a group of people. They are from um, the, the north-central part of Nepal. They are from the Rat Catcher tribe. Okay? These are people that go out in the fields and catch the rats. And that's part of their, what their, their, their tribal culture is. Okay? And if you go to the next slide, this is them getting baptized. And go to the next slide. And these, this is a sister getting baptized. Look at, I love the picture. Look at this smile on this sister's face. Isn't this great? I love it. I love it. You know? They are celebrating, and, and the difference between, you know, baptisms here, when you get baptized in the United States, you don't have to f submit a form to change your religion with the state. But in India and Nepal and many parts of the world, you do, and they're, they're, they're taking a very bold step of faith. Go to the next slide. This is the gentleman on the left, one of the uh, people helping uh, uh, her to do the baptism, and then those ten people in the middle are all ten that got baptized brothers and sisters in the kingdom isn't that exciting so we're we're hoping to go see her uh this august if the india and nepal open up but uh, we'll keep giving you testimonies that's you know this is so cool you're going to meet people in heaven they're going to walk up to you and thank you for your giving so that they can become brothers and sisters in the in faith isn't that amazing I just love that. Praise God. So let's pray for our missionaries. Father, we pray for all of our missionaries. We pray for uh, Jacob and Tatum and for uh, Prakash and Nania. We pray for Kieran and, and those converts. And not just these converts, but the other ones she's baptized recently. Father, help them to be strong in the faith. Lord, help them to be solid in their commitment to you. Help them to, to open up doors that people think couldn't be opened. And Lord, we thank you for salvations. We thank you for dedications. We thank you for the opportunity we have to give to, to the work of the ministry around the world, that we're part of it, Lord. We have brothers and sisters in regions all over this planet. And I thank you for our faithfulness that we can continue to give and sow into the nations. And that, Lord, you bless us because we bless others. And Father, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Ushers, you want to come? We're going to wait upon you for your tithes and offerings this morning. I want to thank you for your faithfulness. I want to thank the, the board for their stewardship and being resourceful and helpful in what we're doing. So, Lord, we pray for this offering. We ask you bless it right now. We bless both the gift and the giver, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you give.
let us be aware of it, of him moving. He's moving, you know, uh, over this year, he is moved. He is moved powerfully, you know, and, uh, the Lord's about it right now. He is so about it. You know, he's also allowed, and this is the way God is, is a shaking to go on. This is some people blame the world. Oh, denounce it, whatever. The Lord is shaking the church to cleanse the church. He, because that's what makes us strong. You know, he prunes us to make us strong. Actually, while we were worshiping, the Lord just said, you know, I'm teaching the church. And when I say the church, I'm talking about people. I'm, te- I'm teaching the church to not change the internal to sustain the external. I'm going to say that again. I am teaching the church to not change the internal to sustain the external. I build on my foundation. This is what he means by that. A lot of times you may get some level of success in some manner. Maybe something's growing. could be even your financial, your business, this house, ministry, people come. And a lot of times what happens is humans change to look at the external and say, oh, I want to sustain that. And in order for me to sustain that, I might need to change some things in the internal. And what happens is then the physical realm begins to dictate to you. And the Lord is teaching. This can even be with friendships. You know, people who, you know, oh, I'm going to bring them to the Lord. Well, I got to start. Maybe, maybe I should become less, you know, something, you know. So that they'll be more comfortable with. And all of a sudden the internal, come on, starts to try to say, well, in order for the external to be pleased or to meet that thing to grow or that, that, oh, I'll, I'll bring them to Jesus. But, you know, I need to go do certain things with them that may not be all that pleasing to the Lord. Oh, come on, Jesus. You're just, what he's doing is saying, no, what you're to do is to build on that foundation of the internal. Let the shaking happen, people. Let it happen, happen because when he shakes stuff, he removes the artificial and the counterfeit. When he shakes, listen, there's been a shaking going on. There's been a shaking going on. There's been a shake over this house. Every, there, amongst believers, amongst Christians, amongst leaders. We're connected to the church leader community. And there's been a shaking. Many people actually record numbers of pastors leaving positions. Church, it's too hard. It's too hard because it's a shaking. And the fact is this, they rested on the external. You don't rest on the external. You rest on the internal. Whatever's happening, you know why? Because this is the thing. You are a thermostat. And if you have difficulty being a thermostat... That means you rest on the external. The external dictates to you rather than you coming in and saying, you know what? I bring presence. I bring the heat. It's cold in here this morning. It's like, I bring the heat. I bring the fire. Right? This is who Jesus' church is. So many times people, oh, you know, you know. People who are leaving California. Pastor Lynn, you could have such a big church if you were down in Texas or down in the South or down in the Midwest. You could have such a, because you know, you have that fire in you and you're out in California. You know what? You know what? 
This is the mission field. God wants to do great things here. I don't need to run from here. I don't care if this is liberal land. Jesus has a great work for here. Come on. Why? Because we change the external by sustaining the internal. I'm bringing the fire. I'm bringing the fire. I'm bringing the fire to every generation. Come on, Jesus. He has eyes of fire. That's how Revelation describes Jesus. Eyes of fire. It's love. Consuming love for his children. Consuming love. Come on, Jesus. He's all like, I'm fired up today. Okay. (laughs) He's cleansing his church. That's what we're talking about. Today is the last time, or at least the last sermon on this series. And today we declare something. Today is a day of declaration. I am clean. I am clean. Even right, right before we came up here, the Lord just said, you know what? No more dirty cops. And what he said, meant by that is Christians who want to take down giants in the world, but haven't taken down the giant inside. Woo. I'm running after the giant. You know, I want to take down the giant of sexual impurity. And I want to take it. What about the giant in you? Take down the giant in you. See, that's the dirty cop, right? I'm compromised inside. I'm compromised in my personal life. And I'm trying and I point my finger out there. And the Lord says, my church is not going to be compromised. Ooh, clean house. Let's see how much time I have. Okay. I am clean. This is your graduation today. Those of you that have stuck through us with us. And what am I referring to? Way back when we were actually not even meeting in here. When we were meeting out there, we began this series. And we began this series because of a dream God gave me right after the Thirst Conference. This was the first series that the Thirst Conference coming out of Egypt launched this this series. And I use the word series very loosely because it's just God speaking. God's message to us. And that dream was the Lord gave me is about this house and about our partners. Because as Pastor David said, we're global. So it wasn't just only us, but all the people who call us, you know, we're, we're becoming a hub for Pentecostal fire. You know what I mean? And it, we have global partnerships now. And the Lord said, you know what? I'm ready to advance you. I'm ready to graduate you, but you got to clean your dorm. And that's what the dream was. Is I was, the Lord said, you know what? It's time to graduate, but the dorm isn't clean. And in order for you to graduate, to walk the line, to receive your diploma, you got to clean the dorm. And I said, okay, Lord, this was the dream. So I got up and I said, okay, what needs to be clean? And we started this process. We started the process of saying, Lord, what are you saying? And he's, and we talked about having clean hands, a clean heart, a clean mouth, a clean mind, clean motives, clean relationships, a clean personal life, clean conflict. Pastor David talked about having a clean slate. And then the Lord said, now we're going to declare something today. You, you know, when you go through a graduation ceremony, The point of it is a process of declaration. You're having something conferred upon you as a result. There's a graduation ceremony and there's a declaration and there's a recognition. So you are declaring, I got this degree. I am walking this line. And then the the institution 
is recognizing you. The college, the university, whatever, whatever uh, place that's giving the certificate is recognizing. They have this authority now. So you declare it and they declare it. It's double proclamation and then there is a recognition. And that's what the Lord is doing today. His Holy Spirit is saying, I'm recognizing something. And today we're going to do some declaration that we're going to step into that new level of authority. There is a new level of authority that the Holy Spirit has given to us. But with that comes a new level of responsibility. So you're walking the line today. It's your graduation. And he has a new level for you. He has a new level for your life. You're going to declare today because your authority has been given to you from Jesus Christ and his work. And this has been conferred upon you. Confer actually means to bestow or to grant a title or a decree, a degree. So the Lord is granting to you something, bestowing to you something today, a greater level of authority and increase in your life. And the Lord um, says you're here for a reason. There's a divine appointment. You know, you know, there's always a, uh, a little bit of a breakdown when you're trying to talk about spiritual things in a physical illustrations. But the Lord is saying that I'm giving, I've given to you a divine appointment and our faith and our surrender responds to divine appointments. Or we have a hard heart. We reject. We resist. And then we wonder later. It's usually not in the moment because pride is blind. So pride, human pride <laughs> creates blindness. So in the moment we're all proud. And what is she thinking about? And do a little pastor, you know, whatever. Pride. You know how it goes. It's always the delayed response of why am I not walking in that power and authority or I have a need to see a breakthrough because there's something that comes into my life or life of a loved one that I have. I feel like I have no resources to overcome. And the Lord has said, I have given to you divine appointments face to face. You can't harden your heart. You have to receive what he confers upon you. Now, he has given in, he's giving in, giving in. You guys know I'm weird. You saw me on those videos. I'm weird. Whatever. I am weird. That's okay, though. If I could do that, y'all, no pride if I'm doing that stuff. Okay. So he gives us this greater level of power and authority. Because he's faithful to do what he says he will do, but we partner with him. This is where people kind of get it wrong, is God is faithful, but we also have to step into it by faith. Now, let me give you some examples, an example, of the advancement the Lord is giving to you. As a result, over these last few weeks, I really believe a divine appointment. Those of you that have really kind of... um, took to heart, allowed the scrubbing of the Holy Spirit. The Lord is advancing you, but it comes with it in a responsibility. It's like when you take CPR class. How many of you have ever taken a CPR class? Okay. Most people have. 
And when you get that certificate, the truth is this. You now have a responsibility. Because there's a law that says the Good Samaritan law. You have a duty to rescue. If there's some, as a result, now nobody may know you even have that CPR certificate. But you know it. Okay, here we go. Come on. You see the illustration here? Nobody may know that God has just advanced you, but guess who knows it? You know it. And as a result, you have a responsibility. Now, by the sound of my voice and by your ears hearing, you have a responsibility. Now, there's those who, you know, they take the classes and they actually get the degree, but they don't want to walk the line. You know why? Because they don't want anybody to know. So I don't want people to know that I have this responsibility. Why? So I don't have to step into it. I don't have to make it public. The Lord is saying, no, you know what? I, this is the, this is the problem, people. He, he knows you have this responsibility. He knows because he has granted to you his power and authority. He has granted to you his power and authority. Let me read John 1, 12. But to as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the right, the authority, the privilege to become children of God. That is to those who believe in his name. The right, the authority. Children of God, lacking Nothing. So you and I have stepped into a transformational relationship with the Lord. And he brings us along a journey and he gives us transformational experiences with him. Advancing us. Sanctifying us. Empowering us. It, you know what? This whole thing, it's not about religion. It's about a dwelling place. It's about a relationship. The spirit of religion creates death and works. But a relationship is a flow. It's the living waters. You know, I was thinking about the people who are here for the baptism of the Holy Spirit retreat. What an opportunity. A divine encounter. A divine appointment. How some people say, I got something better to do. Go give me the world waters or just water. I just need something to drink. I need to go do something. And Jesus is saying, I got living waters. So what happens to you in this divine appointment, later on you can access. But the waters that you drink outside, you'll thirst again. That's why he wants us to step into those transformational experiences with him. It's not the, this is not about a pretense or a metaphor. This is actual. We are, even as Pastor David was talking about Lauren laying down on that foundation over there, I got the chills because I remind me of Hebrews 12, 1. You know what? There is a great cloud of witnesses. When this sanctuary at 830 has two people, 
besides, you know, sitting. I say, you know what? I know one thing. There's a great cloud going on here. So we're just going to do this. Why? Because the external is not going to dictate the internal. When you feel alone in your job as a believer, there's a great cloud of witnesses there. And the external is not going to dictate to your internal. And actually, you're going to bring the heat, the fire, the warmth of God to your place of work. See, he has cleansed you with his presence, with the Holy Spirit to strengthen you. And let's, let me just go quickly what the Lord has done. He has given to you a clean slate. He has given to us newness. He has put in you himself. 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Holy Spirit of God dwells in you? So he's put in you himself. Second, he seated you with him. This is where you are seated every day. Ephesians 2, 5, and 6. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. That's why you are beyond three dimensions. You are four dimensions. You are seated with Christ. That's why the external does not dictate to the internal. Because you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. You have his righteousness. Second Corinthians 5.21 God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Not by your own works. Not by your striving. Not by your righteousness. By his righteousness. Let me just say something. People who try to walk clean in their righteousness, there's a problem with that. You can't do it. You fail. And what happens is people get so discouraged in their failings because they're trying to do it in themselves all along. Jesus said, I have given to you my righteousness. You don't need to be discouraged today. You say, Pastor Lynn, I'm not perfect. Join the club. It's his righteousness. Listen, that's why he came. He came because we couldn't do it in our own righteousness. So we are clothed in his righteousness. And therefore, there's no excuse about our failings. Some of us say, well, I have failings. It's his righteousness. We embrace his righteousness. We have the awareness of his righteousness. You have his power. Romans 8, 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. The Holy Spirit is the conqueror of death and the grave. And that same spirit dwells in you. That's why you can walk clean. Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. There is more. There is more. There, as Christine said, Christine De Curtis said in the video, there's always more. You know what? I, I am so frustrated sometimes with people who consider themselves mature believers who don't want more. How can you be a mature, you know, how can you be a mature believer? Because the, the, uh, quality of a, a mature believer is wanting more. So you're really not a mature believer. You're stagnated. 
You're not growing. And as we know, maturity has to do with growth. You know, my sister, my younger sister, she's always has been skinny. Good thing I'm not on video today. She's always been skinny. Just naturally, you know, like naturally, she never had a weight problem. My older sister and me, we always were like diet, slim fast, Nutrisystem, Jenny Craig. Come on. It's all those crazy, dumb diets. Until I learned just exercise, eat right, you know. She has always been skinny. So she was just telling me this week, she's in a season of life where her body's not saying skinny anymore. It's saying chubby okay so she's going through her clothes i know some of us feel sorry some of us feel a little gratified i don't know but anyway (laughs) no i don't actually she's actually she actually looks really good but she's going through her clothes getting ready for her skinny pants come on people come on ladies we know what that is those pants we say someday we're going to get into and so she's going through. you know what i'm going to accept the fact that i'm not going to be in those pants her husband comes in he says (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) No, this is dangerous territory, right? So she says, you know what? My belly can't fit in these pants anymore. So I'm getting rid of them. And her husband says, oh, Sue, your body's just maturing, maturing. So sweet, right? And she said, maturing. You know what he's saying. I said, yeah, it's code. It's code words. You know what I'm saying? It's code. We know those code words. But listen, maturity means growing. If a child or a baby doesn't grow, that child is not maturing and we have concern. And the Lord says we are to continue to hunger after him and thirst after him. That's part of the growth. So, so even in the power of the Holy Spirit and even in the desire for, you know, listen, in the book of Acts, people were baptized more than once on, for a reason. We keep getting filled up because as we're rivers of the living water to the world, we need to make sure that we are drinking from his fountain. It's not just for somebody else. It's not for just for the person who's never been baptized before. Listen, those who were prayer partners and part of the baptism of the Holy Spirit retreat, they got filled up. They got blessed. They got empowered as a result we have his power we have his mind first corinthians 2 15 and 16 the person with the spirit makes judgments about all things but such a person is not subject to mere human judgments for who has known the mind of the lord as to instruct him but we have the mind of christ what is the scripture saying because we have the mind of christ we can be discerning in this world not gullible we are discerning because we have the mind of christ you can have the mind of christ every day you have a new heart you have a clean heart ezekiel 36 26 I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Listen, may we uh, as believers not get stony hearted. You know, the, the greatest enemy to Jesus was the Pharisees because they had hearts of stone. Because they thought they knew it. They didn't think they needed. They couldn't recognize the Holy Spirit upon Jesus. 
they had become a religion. This is not going to be a religious house. We have to have a heart of flesh that keeps growing and receiving from the Lord. That's what it means to be clean. The truth is this. The Lord has declared over you and graduated you. He says you are clean. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Hebrews 10.22 And let us... Draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and having our bodies washed with pure waters. We are clean and therefore we draw near. Therefore we continue to draw near. Titus 3.5 He saved us not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy. He saved us according to his mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. You did not earn your cleanness, but in our sanctification, we partner with him. We surrender to him. We yield ourselves to him. And that's what the Lord is addressing with us to say, where are there any areas in your mind, in your body, in your life, in how you conduct your mouth and speak that need to be clean? We partner with the Holy Spirit because as we surrender to him, he makes us stronger and stronger and stronger. And I'm going to tell you the world longs for a mature church. The children of God must graduate into maturity. Too long. Oh, this is where the Holy Spirit's really landing. Too long the church have, has walked in immaturity. This generation needs a mature church. And we have been given all of these things, the power and the authority and seated with Christ in heavenly places to walk in that maturity. And how do we do that? We're taught by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. That's why we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit every day because he leads us into maturity. You don't shut down the Holy Spirit. I don't even know how people can't even think shutting down the Holy Spirit is right. He is part of the Godhead and he is the finger of God. He's the one that Jesus said it's better that I go so that I can send to you my Holy Spirit to be in you, with you, on you, around you. Come on, Jesus. And the world is begging for us to walk in maturity. And when the church is not mature... The world has no one to follow. And that's been a problem. Listen. I was thinking about this baptism. I'm going to just be real with you. You know, we had the tongues of fire. Have had a lot of things going on. And this baptism of the Holy Spirit retreat. I I told the people, the, the young people and those who came this story. I was like, you know what? I'm tired, man. Lord, I'm tired. I need a vacation. I need a time away. With you, Lord, I'm tired. So I'm kind of hoping this time around that the baptism of the Holy Spirit retreat doesn't happen. I know this sounds horrifying. I know Pastor Lynn feels this way. My flesh, I'm just being honest with you because I was tired. And I said, I just need rest. And Lucia Lamb, one that brought 
her friend, Chinese American, she kept emailing me. Are we going to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Every time I would almost have that thought, I'd get an email. I'm like, well, we only have you two. And I said five. I said five. I told the Lord five. So, so I gave a date. I said, you know what? And, and I told you all here, if I don't have five, we're not doing it. I, told, I actually announced it. <laughs> I was that bold. I was that bold to say, okay, you know. And so it was almost coming to the Sunday. I think it was like the 24th or 26th or something like that. It was a Sunday. That I said, you know what? If I don't have five, I'm not doing it. So um, it's coming closer. I'm like, oh, only have two. Closer. Only two. Because I'm tired, Lord. Only two. And then on Thursday, before the Sunday, at night, I get a late text from Pastor Nick. I got four young people that want to come. I'm all, oh, man. <laughs> I got to do this thing. Now, I'm talking flesh because all of you act like that too. The Lord tells you to do something and you're wishing, you're hoping against hope that it's not going to happen because it's inconvenient or you're tired or you just want to be selfish. Come on, let's get real. That's a refiner's fire in us right there. So I said, I got to do it. <laughs> I, Lord, I'm going to do this. And I went to bed. That night I had a dream. I'm not going to get through this sermon, by the way. I can just tell. I had a dream. And that dream was about this young generation. And the dream was that they were like going from house to house, kind of like trick-or-treating, but it wasn't trick-or-treating. But you know how people go from house to house to receive something. And they came to my house. Now, if anybody knows by now after nine years, I'm an extreme introvert. Like I like my privacy. That's why the Lord made sure that I had people live with me for 30 years so that, you know, all that selfishness would leave. So this is the first time ever in our marriage that we've had our house to ourselves. First time. Okay. By the way, thank you, Jesus. Amen. So in this dream, I have the youth coming to my house. Knock, knock. Hi. And I said, they said, can we come in? Sure. Come on in. And then my question is, how long do you want to stay? And they said, can we stay till midnight? Now, I'm thinking in my dream. I go to bed at nine. No way. Can we stay till midnight? And I said, well, maybe 10. How about 10? And I woke up. And the Lord said, they want me. They want to be in my house. They want the things of the Lord. They want it more than you think they want it. This generation wants the things of the Spirit more than you think that they want. Don't give in. Don't buy in to what you see in the physical realm. Because I know what's going on in the spiritual realm. But I need some mature believers to bring them into those things. People that they can trust. People that they can say, I can follow you. I can follow your life. I can follow who you are because no matter how you're sliced, you come up clean. Too long has this generation been betrayed by authority figures that are dirty. Come on. You hear it all the time. I don't care what political party you cover. It's all over the place religious leaders it doesn't matter the fact is this this generation cries out and the church is the one that should rise up and say i'm going to be mature i'm going to take on the responsibility because he has made me clean 
Oh, Jesus. It's time for us to graduate into maturity. And maturity means I'm taking on the responsibility. Oh, it got quiet. Hallelujah. What? Maturity means I'm taking on the responsibility. James 4.17 If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Luke 12.48 From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. This is Jesus actually. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. It's time. This house. We step into responsibility. Accountability. Listen, what does responsibility mean? Accountability for what I have been given. Accountability for the authority that I have been given. Accountability for the power that I have been given. No more excuses. No more excuses that I can't do it. You can't do it. He did it for you. He gave it to you. He gave you his Holy Spirit. He did everything on his end. Now you step into it. Now you clean, you accept what he's cleaned and then you walk in it responsibility that power that authority a lot of times people say well if i'm responsible that takes away my freedom i mean how is life gonna be if i walk in that responsibility but responsibility begets freedom let me give you an example teenagers 16 years old what do they like to do at 16 learn how to drive a car why because they want keys to their freedom Give me the keys to my freedom. I remember I wanted keys to my freedom. I got a junker car, but hey, that was keys to my freedom. Give me the station wagon that can't go reverse. That's the keys to my freedom. I could just make sure I park so I always go forward. My sister and I, we drove this station wagon that did not have a reverse. We went through a drive-thru. She cut it a little too far. So what do we have to do? Both get out and push it back so she can make it through the drive-thru because I have keys to our freedom. But with that freedom comes responsibility. So when you give those keys to those kids, you say, now you're responsible. Yes, you have freedom. And guess what? As you do better with that freedom and that responsibility, you're going to get more. Some parents, the smart ones, okay, just kidding. Make sure that their kid doesn't get a brand new car when they're 16. You know why? Because they're going to dent that baby up. And plus the insurance is really, really high. But as the child or the teenager becomes better at driving, they say, you know what? We're going to get you a really good car. New car. Maybe they're going to college. Maybe they're going off to do something. Maybe they have a job now. We're going to get you a better car because you're doing really well. And that's the way the Lord is saying, you know what? Your freedom has to do with responsibility. It's not less freedom. It's more freedom. And I am empowering you to walk in that freedom. But with that freedom comes the responsibility. That's why Jesus told the story of the minas and the talents. Because he said, if you do well with the little, I'm going to give you more. But if you go and say, I can't do it, I'm going to bury it. I'm going to be like the person who graduates, but nobody knows. Bury it. The Lord says, you know what? That's wicked. 
because I have given you power. I've given you ability to multiply and you're sitting on it. You're hiding out. The the world is dying and you have CPR, but you're not even going to recitate them. Come on. Come on. Come on, church. We are stepping in to that responsibility. And with that, we take captive the thoughts that the enemy would tell us that we do not have that responsibility because the holy spirit teaches us the framework for our lives he teaches see the holy spirit is the enemy of death the holy spirit is the enemy of death who raised christ from the dead the holy spirit He is the enemy of death. That's why sometimes I just get so frustrated when people shut down the Holy Spirit in their lives. When they resist, when they don't want to hear the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the enemy of death. The Holy Spirit is your empowerer. The Holy Spirit is the one that breathes through you to this world. So when you shut it down, you're choking yourself. You're choking yourself. We have to grow in understanding. And the Holy Spirit leads us into that understanding. The Holy Spirit leads us into the understanding of this responsibility. The Holy Spirit leads us into the understanding of the power and authority that we have. The Holy Spirit's the one that leads us and guides us into that understanding, that framework that he has given to us. 1 John 2.14 I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Why do I put this in here? Because you see the generations. You see the generations, young children, fathers, young men. And why do I put that in here? Because maturity begets maturity. How many times I've seen families whose adults aren't mature and the children are trying to figure out how to survive. But maturity begets maturity. Why does the young people get filled with the Holy Spirit? Because there's people full of the Holy Spirit around them. That's how it happens because it begets it. The atmosphere happens because people are walking in that. This house has to be a mature house so that when the Lord brings in the harvest, listen, the harvest is white. It's not tomorrow. It is the now. It's the season of now. Jesus is coming. This is the time for harvest. And you say, well, where is the harvest? Look at these empty pews. I'm asking you, where is your harvest? It's where you work. It's your community. It's your family. That's the harvest. And they're looking for maturity. Can I follow you? Come on, Jesus. Worship team, come on up. See, the Holy Spirit changes how we see ourselves. That's why we don't want to shut down. The voice of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, the rebaptism of the Holy Spirit. 
Because the Holy Spirit is the one that changes how we see ourselves so that we see ourselves as Christ sees us, as the Father sees us. We cannot function in maturity in the old mind. We have to function in maturity with the attitude of the new mind that the Holy Spirit has given to us. Ephesians 4.22 You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. This is key because if you refuse the new mindset, you can't walk the way the Lord wants you to walk. You have to have a new attitude of the mind. An attitude is framework. The Holy Spirit teaches us about the framework of the mind. Your mind does not have the old framework. Your mind now has the new framework. And what belongs in that framework is everything Jesus says, you, who you are. Everything the word of God says, this is who you are. Not the old man, the new person. This is who you are. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. If you believe you're powerless, you'll walk with the attitude of powerlessness. If you want to walk in fear and anxiety and adopt that which is permeates all over this earth right now, you will walk in that. The new framework of your mind, the new attitude of your mind so that you can put on the new self. Listen, this is not some sort of fantasy or fable or metaphor it's real the fire of god is real the power of the holy spirit is real your assignment in this earth is real there is an end game there is an end game and every human that ever lived will face the end game and that is jesus king jesus face to face Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Listen, don't lose sight of the end game. That's why we are to be mature. That's why he's graduating. He's graduating us into maturity. You don't need the milk. You need the meat. You need the protein. You can do it. Not because of your righteousness, but because now you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Stand up with me. You're clean. You are clean. Do not let the enemy convince you otherwise. The Word of God, the Word of God dwells in you, and you are strong. First John tells you, men in this room, you're strong. I don't care how old you are. You're strong because the word of God dwells in you. And that makes you an overcomer. Women of God, you are strong. The word of God dwells in you. And you are an overcomer. So many times people are praying that the world change. Wow. When he says, bring my kingdom. Why are you trying to make the kingdoms of the world Adapt them enough so that I feel comfortable. Go around and 
Let me try to fix the kingdoms of the world so that I don't have to be as Romans 12 says not of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind see we we want to somehow create a lukewarm bath around us rather than a stark contrast why does he want this house why does he want this house to be a muscle church in the most liberal county of California and the most, if not the most liberal state of the U.S. Why? So that we're light in the darkness. So that the nations can run to the light. The nations will run to the light. The generations will run to the light sick of the darkness sick of all the junk that happens in the darkness sick of the betrayal in the darkness running to the light because they're clean and not only that but they teach me fathers as scripture says as the first John says that you I write to you dear children because you know the father I write to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning in other words I've been doing this for a while come on and guess what I'm going to empower those around me I write to you young men don't listen to the world because you are strong and the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil. Jesus, it's graduation time for you people. Some of you say, I don't know if I'm ready. He never asked. He never said, are you ready? He says it's time. When we think we have to be ready, we're depending on our own righteousness. I'm going to say that one more time. When you think in your mind you have to be ready for how God wants to use you, you're depending on your own righteousness. And he said, I am your righteousness. I gave you my righteousness. It's time to graduate. Lord, you're graduating your people. Raise your hands right now. Receive. Soften your hearts. If you believe Jesus is coming soon, then you believe you have a responsibility. You You have a CPR certificate, people. And you are responsible to breathe life into the dying to mend the sick to bring them like the good Samaritan did into healing because the Lord has equipped you come on worship team let's sing that song this is our prayer this is our prayer
Lord wants to touch your thoughts. The Lord says, I have given to you my mind, the mind of Christ. So as you walk out your assignment from me, you're not alone in this. Listen, that's one thing that you need to know. You're not alone. You're not alone in this. We are all together in this. I was telling Pastor David, there's a reason why Jesus chose 12 disciples. They never were alone in it. From the very beginning, they were never alone. Even as they went through, when Jesus was crucified, resurrected, ascended, day of Pentecost, they never were alone in it. They had each other. They had the Holy Spirit. The thing is this, you're not alone. We have one another to walk in this together. But the Lord says, you also have the mind of Christ. You have his mind. You have access to his mind. Put on the new attitude of the mind. And that's how you wear your the new self, the new person. Scripture says, take every thought captive and bring it under Christ Jesus. The world is telling you who you are. The world is telling you what you can do and what you can't do. The world is telling you how powerless you are to certain things. And that it all are things that the enemy breathes so that he can prevent you from stepping into the power and authority that Jesus paid for. you got to quit listening to that. Say, I take that thought captive. I bring it under Christ Jesus. I wear the new attitude of the mind. I will walk in what he says and who he says I am. My framework, the framework of my thoughts, attitude means framework. The framework is what the Lord says about me. Not what the world says. It's what the Lord says about me. That's how I'm going to walk. That's how I'm going to walk. And that means I walk in maturity. So when those things come, when those thoughts come, when the old man tries to rip at you, when the old man says you can't do it, the old man tries to remind you of your failures, you tell that old man, get under submission to Christ Jesus. Because I know who I am. I am who he says I am. And I will walk in that. I will walk in that framework of the mind. Holy Spirit. for you and then you know what if you Pastor David can you grab that oil if you want I, I the reason why I brought my oil today is that I just feel like some of us just need to have that kind of line in the sand I'm walking in that maturity I'm walking in that maturity I'm stepping into that I'm not going to be fearful of that I'm going to take on the responsibility not in my strength but in the power of the Holy Spirit if that's you, as I pray, come and just get anointed by Pastor Dave. He's just going to anoint you and then spend your own time in prayer. Go back to your seat. You can go wherever you need to go. I'm going to pray. Holy Spirit, you are graduating your people right now. They're walking the line. They're walking the line. They're walking the line. They're walking the line. They're saying, I recognize. I recognize the authority that you have given, that you have bestowed upon me. I recognize that authority. And the Lord says, and yes, I affirm that. I affirm that. They have responded to you. They're saying yes to you. And you say, I affirm that. 
this is this is transformational what they do here will have effects to others around them people are hungry people are dying people are thirsty and the living waters are going to flow greater measure the trickle is going to become a river the river is going to become a rushing mighty river the harvest comes as the river flows you're on the increase in the contrast lord in the contrast to the world who says things are on a demise you're saying no i'm on the increase i'm on the increase so lord we thank you father more longs for a mature church Jesus is returning to a bride and it's not a child bride Woo! Jesus is returning to a bride and it's not a child bride it's a bride without spot or wrinkle when empowered one that matches who he is one that reflects who he is thank you Jesus we thank you Lord Lord we seal this time with you. And Lord, as people leave this place and they go out into their life, they have that graduation certificate. And Lord, I pray they don't hide it. That they walk in it. Because Lord, you got a divine appointments. And they don't look super, super spiritual. They look really natural. But you have appointments for us, for those who are hurting, those who are seeking, those who have need, those who need you, and hold how you love them, and how you want us to love them enough to get down and administer CPR. How you want us to love them enough with your love to get down and administer spiritual CPR to them. Walk in that power, walk in that authority. 